Welcome to Trustworthy AI, De-Risk Business Adoption of AI, hosted by Pamela Gupta, a leading voice in business strategy, technology, and cybersecurity. With extensive experience in global industry leadership, Pamela has explored critical themes like achieving business value with AI by adopting a holistic risk-based approach to AI trust. She defined eight essential pillars of trustworthy AI. Read more details at the trustedai.ai website. Her insights have shaped the way we look at the impact of cyber warfare on business, strategies for efficient digital transformation, and governance views on algorithmic failures. Join Pamela as she delves into her signature framework, AI Tips, standing for Artificial Intelligence Transparency, Integrity, Privacy, and Security. This podcast is all about operationalizing governance and building trustworthy AI systems from the ground up. Whether you're an industry professional or just AI curious, Trustworthy AI offers thought-provoking discussions and expert insights to guide the ethical future of technology. Welcome to our podcast on Trustworthy AI and its, its role in helping de-risk adoption of AI. I'm here talking on a subject that is of extremely um, important, very extremely uh, passionate about, and it's fresh, hot off the press as we speak. Talking to a, a expert in the area, Pierre Cosima Bisconti. He's a project leader of the EU AI standard on AI trustworthiness framework. This framework is inside the SENSELEC and the SENSELEC is a EU standardization committee. And we'll uh, talk more with Pierre Cosima about that as to what that means. He is a researcher at uh, Italian Inter-University Consortium for Computer Science and is also a founder of a company, DEXA, which is, stands for Artificial Ethics. His research is heavily engaged with the social and the ethical implications of AI and robotics. So um, welcome, Pierre Cosma. Thank you very much, Pamela, for inviting me. And thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. We have, uh, I have a lot of questions for you and uh, can't wait to get started. So let me just start out with first, if you can give us a better idea of what is Sense Senselec. Yeah, the Sense and Senselec, along with Etsy, are the three standardization bodies in Europe. So uh, the three committees, the three yeah, bodies that take care of standardizing uh, in Europe laws or uh, in any case anything that is related to electrotechnical that is the senelec and uh, together the sen and the senelec they are in a joint technical committee that is jtc 21 the one related to artificial intelligence and the sen senelec received a request for standardization from the eu commission on the uh, on ai systems related to the eu ai act Okay. All right. That's really good to know for those of us who are not based in the EU. Um, let me ask you now the, the million dollar question, right? The EU AI Act is finalized. There is going to be a lot of questions on how to make it actionable, how to digest it, how to consume it and make it uh, adopted, right? What does it mean for different companies? Uh, what does it mean for different organizations? 
So a lot of questions and what we're looking forward uh, to finding out from you is how this standardization committee and the trustworthiness, AI trustworthiness framework, uh, firstly, what it is and how it can help um, with the adoption of embracing this um, AU AI Act. Thank Let's you, just start with what, what is the connection first. Yeah. Thank you, Pamela, for this question, because it's probably the most important one for many companies inside the EU and outside the EU that will, in any case, have a market here. So since AI Act uh, is applied also to companies that are outside the EU, but operate in the EU market. So um, the AI Act, as everyone knows, I think, will be soon approved by the parliament and we have the final version. And this final version came out after a long, uh, like long journey of uh, discussions inside the parliament, the trilogues uh, uh, between parliament, the commission, and so on and so on. Um, inside the AI Act, there are many provisions that needs to be applied by companies in order to be compliant with the regulation and therefore uh, being able to like be in the EU market. And most of them are related, as everyone knows, to high-risk AI systems. So what, how to be compliant is one of the most like discussed questions inside the international uh, panorama of AI, artificial intelligence today. The way to be compliant with the AI Act, one of them passes through these standards. So the point is that when you adopt the standards that are harmonized, and we will see what does it mean, under the EU context, the EU environment, then there is the presumption of conformity. So the presumption of conformity is something like saying that the burden of the proof is on the other side. So being adopting the standards uh, and the harmonized standards from the Chen uh, Chenelec means for companies to um, like really a relief of the burden of applying the provisions of the AI Act on in each and every AI system in maybe a different way. So on the other hand, if one adopts the EU standards that will be harmonized, then one can say I am actually compliant with the UAI Act since I am conforming with the standards. Then, of course, one should apply the standards in the proper way to be compliant. But in any case, to be conformant with those standards, <clears throat> there is the presumption of conformity. So uh, how did this happen? The Commission uh, gave to the Chen Chenelec a standardization request. And this standardization request asks to standardize 10 items plus one of the um, about AI systems, and they are mostly mirroring the, the main provisions for a high-risk AI system that are inside the AI Act. For example, that AI system needs to be accurate, robust, that there needs to be a risk management framework and a conformity assessment framework, and uh, they must be, and so on and so on. I mean, all the other provisions that are inside the AI Act. So this standardization request ended up with the 10 items, to technical items, let's say, to be standardized, and an overarching framework. The overarching framework is trustworthiness. As everyone probably remembers, uh, in 2018-19, the, the, uh, the EU Commission high-level expert groups wrote a, a white paper about the ethics guidelines for trustworthy AI. And this trustworthiness concept came, like, uh, is still there in the AI Act and is the overarching framework. So what's the trustworthiness standard, which I am leading at EU level 
um, it will do, it will be the entry point for the industry of the all standardization request. So the AI Transworthiness Framework will be the standard that will guide every company inside the standardization request in order to achieve the conformity with the, all the standards that will be harmonized. So the 10 plus one, so trustworthiness, uh, standards that are part of the standardization request are supposed to be harmonized by the EU Commission. Harmonized means that they will be published in the official journal of the EU, uh, of the EU. and being published in this official journal, it means that are, they are directly linked with the, the EU AI Act. So those standardization requests uh, will, uh, is, the all 10 items are supposed to be published between uh, April to June 2025, uh, and this and when they will be published, they will be also harmonized uh, lately after. So that's mostly the EU environment and how it is moving. And I want also to add that there is a strong link and collaboration between the SNCNLEC and JTC21, that is the Joint Technical Committee on Artificial Intelligence, and the SC42 of ISO, the International Standardization Organization. And these two are working together on many standards in order to achieve uh, like the best uh, transatlantic um, framework possible. Okay, that's that's really good to know. Uh, very uh, important information. So let me ask you this. As companies are looking to figure out what they have to do, right? You mentioned those 10 plus one requirements, right? So when you're talking about harmonization, is that within uh, EU, within with the other uh, the two other standard bodies that you mentioned? Where, what is what are the implications of that harmonization? The harmonization means that the standards that is harmonized inside the EU will be linked directly and lawfully in some ways to the AI Act itself. Okay, so it's it. the fundamental point that then like enables the presumption of conformity if a standard is not harmonized is the adoption is not like giving anything toward the law okay so uh, harmonization is something that we can simply say that the eu adopts these standards officially okay well okay. the chancellor is not a part of the eu commission directly okay o even if it's very much linked to it of course uh, but it's not a part of the commission so the uh, the eu commission should adopt these standards and this means to be harmonized okay got it okay th that's good to know um so uh, how much time do we have well it's not not, not that much not that few i mean you the uh, as everyone knows the uh, provisions of the ai act uh, uh, about high risk uh, ai system will apply after 48 months so two years uh, sorry 24 months uh, two years after the um, the official um, vote of the parliament when the ai act will be officially published okay so this will probably mean that in uh, around may 2026 uh, the ai act will be enforced so the point is that the ai act is enforced immediately after the approval but the sanctions will be applied only after two years so there is a grace period okay during this grace period the companies have two two options uh, mostly 
The first one is to wait until the very end to then like make it uh, in one month the old compliance that will probably need to restructure many processes. Think about the logging pro pro provision. Uh, most of the companies today they do not they are not the already like doing the logging in the way the AI Act wants. And also, so logging procedures, also robustness, and all the other frameworks, and also the risk management one, uh, can be either applied all at the end, but this means a lot of efforts, a very quick restructuring of the development process and implementation process that will be surely very expensive, or they can start now uh, like understanding what the standards are actually doing, what will be inside the standards. Also, if the standards from JTC21 are not published yet, they are mostly very much near to the one of ISO. So uh, being already compliant with the one of ISO, it's an initial step towards conformity with the EU standards for sure. And this is something that will take time because it means restructuring uh, a lot of processes inside the organization that are not only related to the ones of the development team, but also the ones of the, like the general management of the company, because governance, quality management, and all these other standards and all these other uh, like frameworks, best practices that needs to be applied, they apply also at the company level. Which ISO standard or standards are we uh, going to be talking about here? as they relate to the trustworthiness? Well, ISO standards are not directly related to trustworthiness uh, because they are not uh, a new standard, okay? But if you take, for example, risk management, quality management, uh, it's my personal opinion uh, is that it's better to start like working on the ones that we have that are ISO published a risk management and the quality management one. So uh, it's better start working on them and because they, in any case, is better than nothing, you know? So if you apply and you properly apply the quality management from ISO, you are already in the good track in order to uh, to apply the, the ones from the Chen Chenelec. The trustworthiness framework will be the one that will uh, give to companies the high-level horizontal requirements that are needed in order to be compliant with the whole standardization request, okay? So it's, at the same time, high-level requirements that will then redirect to the specific standard and the glue of the standardization request. So since the 10 items are very different, but also very much interconnected, so there was the need for a framework that put everything together and tells uh, companies how those standards, those 10 standards, they have an interplay between each other and how this interplay should be managed. So the AI, the AI trustworthiness framework will be in fact, the entry point for industries in order to achieve uh, this conformity. Do you want to mention what those 10 points are or um, you want to, I can add it to the notes uh, later on? Well, yeah, probably we might add to the notes later on. Also, the okay. if we are talking about the high-level requirements, I'm not today in the position of talking of the content of the standard specifically for... Um, because it's not, it's not yeah. the, the moment we are still in a discussion and uh, the first draft of the standard will be probably ready, not for the public, unfortunately, will be probably ready around uh, probably November of this year. We hope so, of course. And, uh, and so, yeah, in that case, of course, much more information will be available. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, it just came out, the act is just being, you know, um, for, the ink is just drying on that right now. And so the next step is for companies, for organizations to um, find out how they can comply with it would be to take that approach of um, adopting the standards, right? And the standards themselves will be out uh, publicly in um, the next year or so. So the way it seems, the progression, the natural progression in terms of conforming and adopting uh, EU AI Act, the next steps would be to wait for the standards, but get very familiar with what the EU AI Act um, expectations are. To your point earlier, these are not things that can be done overnight or within a month. And then uh, wait for the standards as they are set in place, then that'll provide that roadmap of what uh, the tangible and the roadmap of strategic as well as tactical guidance on what to do and how to do it across the organizations, right? Exactly. So, so that that this is so this is really important work that you're doing, you know, at the Sense Sense Lab um, as a project manager for this uh, AI trustworthiness framework in helping. Uh, making that more um, adoptable, making, you know, demystifying it. So extremely important step that will, you know, all eyes on you. uh, (laughs) Thank you very much, Pamela. No pressure, of course, for me. No. (laughs) And I would like also to point out other two things that in my opinion are very important. The uh, AI trustworthiness framework is also thought to be something that is, uh, would be highly, highly viable and valuable, of course, for SMEs and small companies. Because everyone knows in Europe, and also the uh, EU Commission probably knows, that uh, SMEs and uh, small companies, uh, the burden on them to apply all the standards and to uh, like being conformant with them is uh, much more stressful, let's say, than a big company. So the idea of trustworthiness is also to make it viable to any company that uh, so that they will be able to easily understand which are the most important steps that they need to take in order to achieve uh, this conformance. And and also another thing that is very important for me and sure for the commission, for the EU environment in general, is the fact that the EU trustworthiness framework is also a framework that wants to ensure that there is societal trustworthiness of AI. So the main point of the entire standardization request is on the one side, not reduce competitiveness of the EU market and not like creating barriers for uh, the market in the EU for AI systems that will be a wide market with many use cases and an application and that will be probably like entering every place of an organization um, yeah, work. And uh, on the other hand, what uh, the UAI Act and the, and the AI Transportation Framework wants to ensure is that the societal trust can be built on artificial intelligence because societal trust means social acceptance. Social acceptance means higher adoption and higher adoption at the very end means a better market. Yeah, so you are um, touching on a point which has been uh, somewhat contested uh, around the EOA Act, right? Which is, is it going to 
you know, it, uh, you know, how does it impact innovation without putting words in anybody's mouth, right? How does it impact innovation? Will it, what about the small companies? And, and as we know, um, uh, small companies or large, right? A lot of this is very risk-based. So even if it is a small company, it does not necessarily mean that the system that is being built is low risk, right? So how do you how do you manage and weigh that out and balance that out? That really is the most critical uh, point for everyone to be aware of, as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, what is because it's a small company, they should have more latitude. It is important for everyone to be on that level playing field. Having said that, because I'm a risk management professional, right? I come from a background of understanding and, uh, and explaining risk to companies and how to, you know, be um, profitable, you know, forward-looking in, in uh, light of that. But we do know that there is a price tag associated. So uh, small companies may not be able to afford that. But I do think that the role that you are playing, right, of providing that standardized approach, that really will be a, a huge crutch for the smaller companies to rely on because to your point, everybody is held to that same standard. And I agree with that. And I think how do we make it more uh, palatable and adoptable? Uh, that's, that's where the standards will play a big role in that. That's right. I very much agree with what, with what you said. And also, I would like to add two points. The first one is that uh, there are many complaints, understandable complaints from the EU market and also outside on the fact that the UAI Act is against innovation. On the other hand, I would like, like to remind that uh, an, an airplane cockpit is uh, like probably to build it, you need to apply something like hundreds of standards. So the UAI Act standardization request is about 10 standards plus one uh, framework that should made, make easy the application of the others. So what I think is that on the, other, on the one hand, a regulation, the, the UAI Act is surely a more stringent and more like hard regulation than others. On the other hand, if standards are adopted, it will be also very much easier than expected to be compliant with the UEI Act, or in any case, to have the presumption of conformity. That is already something. And uh, so uh, I think that for sure innovation should be fostered. And I think that the EU, uh, the EU in general is doing this by uh, pushing the ones who are writing standards to make them as easy as possible to be applied and as strict as possible to ensure trustworthiness at the societal level, of course. Yeah, I, I hear that, and thank you. Um, I, uh, from my perspective, this takes the onus off of the companies because now they know what to do, right? It's actually doing them a huge, it, it is pro-innovation because they don't have to waste time on, you know, I, when I say waste, I mean, they don't have to detract from their mission and purpose or what their, um, you know, company is about to think about what uh, are, are there any risks or did we miss something? This is something that is going to make it simpler for them to have a kind of a blueprint, a risk blueprint to follow and make it uh, more uh, adoptable. 
So um, thank you very much. I think those were, um, you know, based on where we are right now, uh, gives us a good idea of what to expect, where we are, what to expect, and where, uh, you know, the future lies when it comes to um, EU AI Act and the standards. Um, if there are any concluding remarks or uh, takeaways, uh, feel free, please uh, do share them. And uh, otherwise, thank you. Yeah, I would like only to say that uh, I am, and I think also the other experts of the of the Sanseni, like promptly available to spread the awareness on the fact that standards will help innovation and will help uh, path toward uh, conformity that will be easier than expected. I hope so. So thank you very much to you, Pamela, for inviting me and for giving me the uh, the occasion to talk about the AI Transformationist Framework. And uh, I hope that in November or, or something, I will be able to give more information on the contents, of course. I will put that on the calendar. <laughs> Thank you.